Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. All right, today's episode has yet to be named. How exciting! But uh, we're going to focus on what we're kind of calling creating atheists. And um, this kind of idea came up from Tom and uh, something he kind of presented to us. And so I'm going to turn it over to him uh, to set the stage for us for a minute, and then we'll kind of jump into our discussion here. So, Tom, tell us about creating atheists. Well, as a lot of you probably know, if you've listened to other episodes, I grew up in a fundamentalist, evangelical-leaning fundamentalist kind of a church, or at least that was my family's approach to it, and I was, a, for lack of a better term, a Bible worshiper, and I believed that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So if I wanted to increase my faith, I grew up believing I had to know the Word of God more, I had to study it more, and so that, that was faith as a noun, let's say, for the beginning of this. So I had to learn the faith, and as I learned the faith, I had more answers, so therefore I got more faith. Does that make sense so far, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so tell me, okay, so faith as a noun is in the sense of just understanding. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Faith is a... I'm talking about the faith. Like every denomination, I guess, could make their own list of the things that are important to that church. But that's the faith. If you say, well, what are the... In that kind of a church, you might say, well, what do you have to believe? Statement of to, belief. To be saved, yes. So there's, you have mental assent, which is your belief. And I'm not saying how I think the Bible actually teaches or what Christianity actually is. I'm just telling you what I was taught in those churches, okay? Okay. So you, you have mental assent. Belief is mental assent. You have to believe the right list of key things. If you don't believe that right list of key things, then you're not saved, right? All right. So, and that is the faith, and you can actually increase your faith by knowing more. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are listening and thinking, yeah, I grew up in a church like that. <laughs> yeah, I grew but, up in a church like that. <laughs> but as I got older, as I started being a leader in that church, teaching in high school and college, and then becoming a youth and family minister after college, full-time, friends that I grew up with who knew scripture, who, knew, who had taught class, who were real involved, started dropping like flies. They started becoming, and mostly non-religious, many becoming atheist. And I didn't understand it because they knew the faith. They had learned all the right things. And, that, and they had, um, and you know, Scripture says, raise up a child in the way they should go, and they'll not depart from it. Right. So I started wondering, you know, what did their parents do wrong? What? And then whenever I... Looking for blame. Yeah. Someone to blame. Right. 
And then when I had... Always parents to get blamed. <laughs> when I had my crisis of faith, um, brought about initially by the death of my dad, uh, I started realizing maybe the problem wasn't the parents or the scriptures. Maybe the problem was how we were taught the scriptures and and what we thought faith was, and maybe we were setting ourselves up. Maybe there was some kind of problem in the system. Right. And so, and I remember at about the time I was thinking about this, I've told this story before, but a preacher was preaching on the book of Jonah, which right. is an out, a Jewish, Jonah might have been a real guy. Uh, funny stories like Washington cutting down the cherry tree or stories told to make a point mean more when it's a real person. That's not the question. So, But Jonah is clearly in the form of a Jewish humorous parable told to make a point with irony. It is, and it's, if you read it knowing that, you get so much more out of it, mm-hmm. which right. is fine. It's right. fine that that's in Scripture. There's other places like that. But my point is, He said, if Jonah's not true, because it says in the New Testament, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, so the Son of Man, Jesus, will be in the ground three days. Right. And so he was saying, if you don't believe Jonah's real, then you don't believe in Christ. And this preacher, whom I like and is a friend, he tore out half of his Bible, the part of that was Jonah, and he slammed it on the ground and he said, if that's not true, none of this is true. (laughs) And then it hit me. It hit me. He gave every person in that church permission to walk away from all of Christianity. Right. Because he told them, if one part's not true, all of it's not true. Check. He told them, you can have all the answers. Check. He he gave them a view of scripture that's not sustainable and doesn't take into account different genres of literature because it's not one book. It's a multiple books. I could just go on and on, but you get the point. Right. My, my point is, is that there's, there was something in the system that was leading people to have to lose their faith. And then I started wondering, well, did they ever really have faith in the first place? So I guess what I want to, what we, I think we should talk about in this episode. <laughs> take a breath. I, yeah, take a breath. <laughs> take a breath. Fundamental. I think that fundamentalism creates atheists. And I think that it does it because it teaches a wrong view of scripture. Specifically, it teaches a wrong view of what faith is. Right. And it does it because there's psychological, there's philosophical answers, but it, it, it teaches people that they should know everything, that they should have all the answers. And then when they don't, they have to look for places that can give them all the answers. And like, for example, the new atheism movement is doing a great job of saying they have all the answers. And they right. sound like Christian fundamentalists or atheist fundamentalists. And they're doing a good job at giving people solid answers based on really science well, and when but when you're set up, um, when your faith is set up to be the uh, you know question and answer faith, then of course the other side can come and go. Well, we have better answers, um, right? And I don't mean to pit 
other sides, but you know what I mean, the, the contrasting belief or something like that. So, all right, I'm going to pull the microphone away from you for a minute. Let's jump into this. So, Everett, do you have a, uh, a response to start with, or, or can I go down somewhere, or, or go ahead, hop in, or I'll go somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, as I'm, I'm listening to what, you know, Tom is describing, which, you know, is... Good is, job, by uh, the way, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, sorry. It was good. We've been waiting all this time for you to... <laughs> Um, <laughs> who's counting? <laughs> I uh, what uh, what I I think that's consistent with a lot of stories um, that I hear of folks who grew up in a particular tradition with that narrow mind view, and at some point it stopped working for them, and they had nothing to replace it with. So it seemed like their only option, you know, was to to walk away. And I and I think at the the core of it is a question of how do churches um, disciple? How do they create followers um, of Jesus? And if following Jesus requires this sort of strict literalism with that that doesn't allow room for questions or doubt or fears um, or periods of our life in which we just like, you know, th- this, this shift has happened within me and I've got to have some space and time to wrestle with you know, the death of a parent or the death of a child or the loss of a job or diagnosis, then what good, you know, really is is that faith? I mean, we we find in Scripture stories of people, you know, who grow in their faith. Um, and, I mean, not, you know, I mean, Peter's, you know, sort of a prime example. Sometimes he, you know, gets it exactly right. But more often than not, Scripture really paints Peter as someone who who misses the point. Um and I don't know why, you know, if someone who is such a large figure within our tradition can do that, why, why can't other people? Doesn't that just seem like something that is not, um, not to go back and teaching, answering questions and answers, but um, the the human side of people in the Bible, uh, how human they are, and how much we waver and go back and forth, and and we get. You know, it was sitting in in a. Uh, I, I can't imagine being in that church while that guy's doing that. I just I want to look around and see what everybody's faces are doing when he's ripping the Bible. You know, ripping Jonah out of the Bible. Do I? They're probably nodding their heads in agreement. You think so? <laughs> that is such a common sort of illustration. Really? Yes. It's shock rock. It's like. He- you know, it's just the it's the shock, it's performance, um, and I'm not knocking anyone. I mean, I, I I'm I'm silly in front of people, <laughs> you know, and I'm all about the uh, anyway. So, uh, but it's just it's you do you draw that line. Uh, I was headed somewhere else with this, um, but you draw that line, and I think that people understanding how. Uh, Peter's sitting there and giving wrong answers to Jesus, or or you know. Um, uh, backing off on who who says he is and and things like that and that's just us and it's all good I mean it's okay it's it's recognizing that um, you know Abraham tried to give his wife away twice you know and all these things and these these fathers of our faith were had problems here and there and they don't have to walk this line and as soon as they fall off of it they're going to hell you know it's like the 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 examples are there and we're reading them. In, and teaching them in an incorrect manner is how I, I, I see it. And, and I've done the same. So, and I've believed the same. Um, 
Everett, you kind of liked in this well, too. And, and, and there's a there's a story that's going on right now in our in our wider culture um, that has to do with a leader um, at one of the largest um, Southern Baptist uh, seminaries, uh, someone who is a revered figure within that denomination. And you know, there's all this stuff that's coming out about how you know he instructed women who were uh, being abused to remain, to be submissive, to be humble. Oof. Um, you know, and, you know, this, this woman comes to him and after she got this advice and she has two black eyes from her husband beating her and, you know, he talks about that was a moment of pride, you know, for, for him. Um, and I, I, you know, but, but, but all of that is centered on or based upon sort of this strict literal reading of scripture and I'll tell you, if I was uh, if I was a woman who was in a marriage where I was getting um, abused and beaten, and um, my my pastor told me that I had to stay in the marriage and I had to be humble and submissive to my husband who's beating me, I don't know that I would want to stay in that <laughs> church. <laughs> Without but using I, without hey, using an expletive in that conversation, I'm, I'm pretty proud of you, Everett. Because <laughs> I was thinking of telling that guy to <laughs> goodness so gracious. Here, and that's a perfect segue into the biggest issue with all of this is that there's somebody listening to this who has lost sleep at night, has cried, has has been through all of this turmoil because they feel like. They grew up with this view of Jesus, they loved Christ, they had faith, but they bought the cultural, the fundies have won the cultural argument, and people that are debating them have encouraged this conclusion, which is fundamentalism represents true Christianity. And it's really hard to conquer that argument, because when you've said, here's what the scripture says, and here's what it means so many times, people start to believe it. But the truth is, and this is what I want to say to that person who's listening, that is not true. That is not true. You, the fundamentalists, are teaching a view of scripture that was not possible until the invention of the printing press, you know, 1500 years after Christianity began. They're teaching a view of faith that's not possible until um, evangelicals, Protestants are reacting to uh, Darwinism. All of this, this twisted version of Christianity, and I hate to be so bold, but it's, it's new. It's Americana, it's Western, and it's not the Christianity you see in Scripture. So that's where, with, yeah, right. So that's where kind of one of the things I brought up was where, when did this begin? So, uh, and, and this, this um, helps me out a lot. Um, and, and so let's talk about where this originated from, just so people can have a place. It's like, because when you say this is wrong, no, this is right, this is wrong, um, sometimes that's just like, okay, this is your opinion over our opinion and things like that. So Tom, wh when did this be this I, statement, this question and answer thing begin? I didn't, I didn't say it's wrong. I said it, it is wrong. I'll say, go ahead and say it now. But <laughs> what I, what I said is it's not fundamentalists and evangelicals want to, and I, and I want to, too. I want to find the church 
I want to find the Christianity I see in Scripture. I want to find that original faith, because I have this view that the closer we get to Jesus, the better it is. That might be wrong, but that's something I still hold from my childhood. So, but it's just not possible. This view of Scripture is not possible if you don't have the Scripture. I mean, they might have had one book that had part of the Old Testament, and that's the way Christianity was until uh, the printing press. So, is that clear as mud, that first point? Well, well, I think, okay, so I think, you know, one, you you have in in the Middle Ages um, an attempt to bring a regimented thought process um, about faith. You know, I mean, you think about Thomas Aquinas, and and he writes this this giant tome about ways in which we can prove, um, you know, that we can prove the existence of God. Um, which is which is one of the most brilliant books out there. But you begin, but you begin this this thought process within a world in which proof becomes the determining factor um, over what what you know what story is going to win out. And as Tom says, is that once you um, democratize the Bible, I mean, you you don't see the splitting of denominations really until. You until you democratize the Bible, which I'm I'm all for, you know, having the Bible in in, in people's hands, um, but but suddenly, um, you know, each individual person was able to be an authority upon the interpretation Interesting. Uh, right. of the Scripture, and the whole notion of the book as a as a communal thing begins to fall apart, and yes. um, and then sort of trying to wrap this up. You know what? What ends up um, happening is is that that a group within Christianity um, and perceived, you know, this rise of the scientific movement and scientific knowledge sees this as a threat to Christianity, and so they begin to um, enforce and insist upon a type of faith that just really doesn't make any sense. It, it makes it, sense within the development of the culture. I mean, it, you look back and you go, "Okay, this makes sense. This is why this happened." But but the repercussions of it um, is offering something that's that that is not lasting. There is a there is a lot to go around when we can determine why the sky is blue. <laughs> then why can't we determine you know uh, what how, what scripture means exactly and how it's exactly supposed to be believed? And it's taking the mystery out of things. We can answer so many questions because of science um, and um, something. Uh, oh man, I just lost my thought. What was? But I mean, it? I mean, so here's, I mean, here's the thing: is is that is, is science is is great, and but you know, there's almost a sense out there where, um, well, we'll we'll just put our trust in science, and science, you know, will save us. And right. And, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so there's this human temptation of of creating a god outside of the God that, that of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when that God begins to fall apart, you know, so fundamentalism was a God that was falling apart. And now we're just creating other gods that are also going to fall apart. And so that we're all talking about sort of the philosophical reason this has occurred. Um, you know, we could talk about Scottish rationalism and the founding of, our nation on those principles and we could talk about individualism 
these are all things that are required for this Christian movement to occur. Mm. The other thing that I think, and it's the big thing, if you if you hold Scripture highly and you read Scripture, which hopefully we do, which you already talked about, we've all kind of touched on, but that's faith. It, it, there is a sense in which there is the faith, and so faith can be called a noun. But it's not a list made by all these. It's a list that we used to agree on, you know, as a larger Christian community. Let's set that aside for a minute. But faith is also a verb, and that is the right. primary. That's the primary way it's used in Scripture. Um, Abraham is called the father of our faith in Romans four uh, sixteen seventeen, and the whole three and four, the whole two chapters. And the point is that he did not know what was going on. He had no clue. I mean, he's selling his wife to Pharaoh's uh, to Pharaoh so he can survive. He's arguing with God. He's just making mistake after mistake after mistake. But what he did do was he kept walking. He kept moving, yep. And so we've created this view of faith that says, I have to have all the answers, when really faith is the opposite. It's acting... Faith, faith, faith is trust. Yes, trust when you don't have the answers. Trust when you don't know what to do. Or right. So in, in, when Jesus is in the, the boat with his disciples and the storm comes... Um, uh, oh, ye of little pistus, and that word is trust. We we interpret it as faith, but the word really is 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 trust. That's a good translation of it, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's belief that leads you to action. So, do I trust this bridge? The people who I don't know them. I don't know how they built it. I don't have any of the answers. I'm not an engineer. I'm not an architect. But will I drive my car over it? That's the you know. That's the question we're asking. Do I trust it enough to move in this direction? You know, I've tried the way of selfishness. That's not the way. I've tried the way of... You get the point. I'm torn on where to go with this um, because there's we're, we're kind of at a crossroads. And I... and I One of them I want... <clears throat> one thing I, th- I think I want to touch on. And um, I want to say... Well, you, you, you kind of, uh, in, in the why episode, um, when we originally t- you know said why we were doing a podcast, Tom, you kind of spoke about this whole uh, atheism right. thing. And, uh, but one also thing you, you brought to us was an article. And one piece about it was the woman was writing in regards to this, uh, and I'll share the article in the, in the show notes, um, but it said that people have, I think it said this, people have the same version of God in their head that they have had since third grade. And at some point when we just mature and grow older, we're going to make a decision. And either we believe in this God that is in our head since it, it, that we, has been taught to us and portrayed to us, um, or we don't. And because of the way it has been presented and taught, um, leaving out what seems to be just all mystery, <laughs> and as you said, faith and trust, uh, more the answer, then the decision is is easy. It's black and white. You're either a Christian or you're not based on what you believe, and that's it. Um, right. as, along, as opposed to, and what I hear and maybe not said, as opposed to we are all children of God, and we all walk in this life and it's not a choice if I'm in or out, but just how I, you know, communicate and and react to what is God uh, in those things. So, um, and, and 
it, I mean, it's it's like our, you know, in a marriage relationship or relationship with your family. I mean, there's times in which you feel closer and there's times in which you feel distant. There's times in which, you know, I mean, uh, you know, why wouldn't we think that, it, that a relationship with the Lord of life wouldn't be any different? And, you know, theologically, we, we, we had a way of talking about this, the dark night of the soul, which, you know, St. John of the Cross talks about. Um, that we used to be able to, to to talk about doubt within the faith tradition without tearing up, you know, your entire being. Not um, me, Everett. Ginger is my sun and my moon. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, Kent Dobson, um, to jump in what you just said. So um, Kent Dobson, he, he took over for Rob Bell at Mars Hill um, when Rob left there. And uh, on Pete Holmes' uh, You Made It Weird podcast, he re- had, had it, was on an episode, and he talked about how he was teaching school. And uh, I, I believe this was at a conservative Christian school, and he was teaching, and he went on the Discovery Channel to do a documentary about uh, the life of Jesus. And on the documentary, he said, he goes, I, I, I'm not, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but, you know, I wonder if Herod really did go and kill all of those children, um, which is the story of Herod trying to kill the uh, baby Jesus. And, um, and he got a call Monday morning after doing that on the weekend, after it aired on the weekend, and the school told him not to come in um, and to come in after. And he came in after the school day was over and they fired him for asking that question out loud on TV. And Kent led to say, you just created a classroom of atheists now kind of along the same lines. And what he meant by that is because you, you're not going to allow me to ask that question. And just because I asked that question, you have ended my affiliation with your school and it is their choice. But the idea is the repercussion that happens with the kids in the classroom. What are they going to um, say now? You know, if it, it, the influence there, it could have been, you know, so I wanted to point that out in that regard. One other thing that I had too about um, was from the pulpit, and I feel like I'm going back into things we've already talked about. So, but um, there is something that when it is said that the Bible, <laughs> um, when when talking about specific scripture, it, the statement of well, it's right there, it says it right there, and so. I'm just reading the Bible, you know it's true. Uh, and that's kind of the idea of like reading the sentence wherever it is in the Bible and leaving no, you know, it's kind of back to the Jonah thing, but there's leaving no room for interpretation. It says it right there. And however it says it, and there's lots of places in the Bible like this, that as you alluded to, Everett, when you read this, if you're doing this from uh, not as educated mind or background or whatever it is, uh, it can be taken wrong and then turned around on people and things like that. But people who get up and say, I'm reading the Bible, it says it right there, it's right, you know, kind of thing, man, that can be toxic. <laughs> right, yes. and, and we don't we don't want to create a system by which, you know, that well, Scripture means absolutely nothing. But right, no, well, absolutely. It, the the, the it's just the opposite <laughs> comes to new revel. I mean, so this is not about you know totally dis- you know destroying everything um, or saying that we can't trust you know the scriptures, but we can't make them an idol. Right. And 
I so what I would like to say in conclusion is I don't want to give the impression that to some parent listening out there. Well, if I just uh, okay, so the solution to make sure my kids grow up with faith is to leave a fundamentalist church and and go join a liturgical church. Hmm. You know, because I don't know that our track record for the amount of our kids that still go to church is much better. Right. But uh, I I do think that we have our own uh, pitfalls there we could talk about too. But I want to say that we have a lot to learn too, but it's a different... There are different reasons, and and this is an issue that a lot of, I think, people who listen to this maybe are dealing with. Go ahead, Justin. No, it's okay. It's it's holding it lightly. Um, You know, there's that phrase of of being a serious person but not taking yourself seriously (laughs) and um, understanding what that faith is, as you guys said, trust. I love that, Everett. Great point to point out there. Um, on the interpretation of that word or the meaning of that word. Um, but I just picture walking with Christ or walking with God, and um, things are going to come up here and there. And uh, so uh, there's some more points we want to make here, um, I think, on this on this topic. So uh, we'll pause and uh, let everyone reflect on that, hopefully, and uh, give some good things to begin with, and then we'll review and come back with some more things. So uh, we'll pause here and pick up in another episode. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.